This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. My whole life, I have struggled with what a lot of people know as yo-yo dieting. And I really believe that that has been a result of living a life where I would call living zero to 100. In other words, I was either all in and trying to live a healthy lifestyle and feel good about my body from the inside out. But then I would get through times where I would make it so hard for myself when that I was trying to do that 100%, restricting, over-exercising, et cetera, that I would get really burned out and found myself at the other end of the spectrum where I would overeat and then just gain the weight back. I'm sure there's some people out there who have experienced that as well. And so I've come to learn a little bit about something that we call the middle ground, or some people say the gray zone, which now in my pediatric practice, I'm really working hard to teach this to children so that they don't live a life where they're one, you know, going either not not doing anything to help feel good and, and live a really full, rich, vital life, or the other way where they're just living and and have expectations that are really difficult to continue and in most cases can become unhealthy and lead to other health problems. So to help me today talk about that middle ground, and I feel like the timing is perfect because I you know, we're, we're going into December, right? And man, Thanksgiving was awesome, but now we've got all the holidays and parties and kids have school parties and visiting, you know, family, etc. And there's no reason, you know, we always say, oh, okay, 2023, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to do it then. But we've got a month. There's no reason to say, let's start in January. I really believe in let's start today and now. So to help me, I am so excited to have as my guest on Growing Up with Dr. Sarah, Dr. Jessie Haymeyer. And she is the physician founder of Well Empowered, which is where she practices data-driven, outcome-oriented functional medicine. You've heard me talk a lot about functional medicine in some of my other podcasts. Dr. Jesse created Well Empowered with one commitment in mind, and that is providing people with the foundation of health and vitality that transforms your experience of life and alters what is possible for you. So what she does is she works one-on-one or with groups even delivering corporate webinars, Dr. H. Guidance balances science and heart, providing the information, inspiration, and strategies needed to transform, to translate information into something that is sustainable 
and transform healthy outcomes. And so that's exactly what I'm talking about when I was talking about that zero to hundred. It's, it's, it, we want to live a life that's sustainable and we want to teach our kids to do it. And it's not too late for parents out there to start as well. So thank you. Would you like to be called Dr. Jesse or do you like to be called Dr. H? How, how can, uh, what do your, um, clients and patients and families call you, if you don't mind. Oh my goodness. You can call me whatever you'd like, Dr. Sarah. Um, <laughs> Dr. H works, Jesse works, you know, those are the most common things, but honestly, it's just, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be here with you and your, your, your audience, your community. And, um, and, it, and, and you can call me Jesse, you can call me Dr. H as, as long as I get to make a difference. That's what I care about the most. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. It's, it's my honor to have you because I, I shared a little bit about my story and I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure you've heard from other people that this is, you know, this is that life that they live. And, I, I still struggle with it because I was sharing with a friend, you know, I'm really trying to work on that middle ground and trying to teach that to kids so that they don't grow up, you know, restricting or just the opposite saying to themselves, I've done, I've tried everything and it doesn't work anyway. And so describe for me, if you don't mind, for those that maybe have never heard of that, you know, middle ground or that gray zone, how would you describe that to somebody if if they'd never heard of that term before? So where I would start is by, uh, you know, what you spoke to and sharing your experience. And thank you very much for being so transparent and generous and sharing, you know, how this area of life has been for you. And, you know, I know you know you're in really good company. You are in really good company, right? Um, we inherited a way of approaching our health and nutrition and exercise. And um, that's the all or nothing world, right? You said the zero to 100, perfectly said. And that's expressed as deprivation or overindulgence. Those are the terms I'd give, right? Deprivation or overindulgence. And really either of those ways of being, you know, in a, in a way of being, you know, engaging in deprivation or engaging in overindulgence, there are two different sides of the same coin. And that coin is self-aggression. So self-aggression expressed as deprivation, self-expression of as expressed as overindulgence. And the middle ground is an expression of self-love, right? Inside of the middle ground, People are moving from a place of love, of self, of others, of this life, and really in a journey to create their truth and discover their truth, right? It's, it's a little bit of, you know, it's authorship, and it's also discovering the words at the same time. And it's um, one where there's space for indulgence, which indulgence is not the same as over and you know we as a culture as a society we really like answers right we want the black and white we want to know um am i doing it right and in this world of middle ground mastery it it's not 
it's a, it's a discovery, right? There's, there's nobody else's script that you can follow. And, um, you know, I, I love that you're bringing this conversation to the children that you care for and also to their parents, because I really do believe that as the world moves forward and steps into a new way of relating to their to health, um, things are really going to change in a really profound and wonderful way. I love that because you're so right. And I, and that's the, the cycle I'm trying to break when I talk to families now is breaking that cycle of, you know, that cookie is bad or this is good. You know, I, my listeners have heard me say, I try really hard. I I mean, I like the word healthy, but at the same time I try when I'm specifically talking about food, I, or even activity, mindfulness, everything that I try to get away from, look, there's no good foods, bad foods. It's really just, I, and I kind of use the expression, you know, all the time foods, some of the time foods, but it's really not just about food. I mean, we're talking about several layers that people have endured over years. And now I'm trying to break that chain for families, for parents, so that they can also help their kids learn to live that that um, middle area instead of that, you know, that all or nothing because guilt, guilt comes so much with either way, even with, like you said, the overindulgence or the deprivation, some, you know, the, the emotional part of that is really what's at stake here, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that guilt and that shame, that whole world is, uh, it's not very useful. And, you know, you you were pointing to some really a concept that I, I find, um, you know, can really be useful to people is when they really get that there is no morality in food. There is no morality in how you're moving or not. There is no morality in how you're sleeping or not, right? There are outcomes that get produced from fueling your body in a certain way or fueling your body in another way or moving your body in a certain way, you know, like that. But it's just outcomes. It's it, There is no morality. And so if we can start to talk about, you know, for example, food, um, you know, the quality of food and simply put you know, a higher quality food and nutrient rich food is going to help our body work better. And a lower quality food, if consumed in excess, right? And excess means too often or in too large of quantities. And there are bodies are different, right? We all have what's excessive for one person might not be excessive for another and vice versa. Um, But we do know when we consume lower quality foods in excess, there are predictable outcomes that most of us don't want, <laughs> simply put, right? It ca- they cause stress on the body. Mm-hmm. So if we, you know, talking about, okay, how do we, you know, begin this journey by looking at, you know, nourishing our body with high quality foods, foods that help us express vitality um, and ultimately help us vote for our intended future, Mm -hmm. right? Our intended future 
of health and vitality and everything that comes with it, right? Being freed up to be fully with people because you're not upset with yourself about what you just did or didn't do. You know, being freed up to be with people because simply put, you feel well, right? Your blood sugar's not on a roller coaster. Your digestion's not making you anxious because you don't know what's going to happen or whatever, you know, however it shows up in your body. But really to me, yeah, our health and vitality is access to us showing up in the world the way we want to show up, connecting with people the way we want to connect and really contributing in a way we want to contribute. I often talk to kids, especially when they're having physical symptoms and we're trying to sort it out exactly what could be causing it. And I, I try to stick to the basics because it, are they getting enough sleep? Are they, are they active and what activity that are they doing? And, and then of course, what they're putting into their body and not just food, but also what they're drinking or what they're not putting into their body. You know, it goes both ways. And it's amazing to me when they come back and say, I never knew I could feel so much better. And that, that just gives me chills. And then I'll talk to them in another light and it, they'll say, yes. And then I ate this or I did this and I'll say, did, did you feel good about it? Because when there are certain things, you know, maybe like you said, you're more involved. Like, I don't know why, but pizza is one of those things that I try to stay away from. And it's not because I consider pizza not an unhealthy food, but I notice in myself, the next day I might wake up, I'm feeling kind of foggy, I'll get a headache. And it's not that I have an allergy, I just know that, and most li- more than likely for me, it's eating too much of it. If I have a piece of pizza and combine it with a salad or something and lots of water, I usually don't feel that way. But what I'm trying to say is that you're absolutely right. It's how does that make you feel? And I'm even trying to teach parents of toddlers because we we know some toddlers are really picky, right? I'll say, don't ask them if they like it. Ask them, how does that make you feel? Because that's really what it's about. I love in your bio where you say that you look at science and the heart. Explain that. Now, when you say heart, are we talking about heart and heart disease? Or are we talking about heart and kind of the big picture that goes around living a life where most days you feel good and have energy and can think clearly and are present for others and for yourself? Well, so I would say both, right? I would put the the heart as in heart disease in the science world. And the heart that I'm referring to in my bio is really, you know, heart, right? And ultimately, um, you know, I know, you know, I know your listeners are very smart and very well educated. And um, information doesn't produce new actions, right? I'm sorry, information doesn't produce new outcomes. Actions produce new outcomes, right? And so there's a quote that says knowledge is effective action, right? And, and we all have our areas of our life where we have some ideas where we could take a new action and we're working on taking that new action. In other words, just having the facts 
isn't often the one thing that people need. In other words, oftentimes people need to, you know, cultivate inspiration distinct from motivation in order to make changes, right? And motivation is fleeting, right? That's kind of like rah, rah, yay, so excited. That's the, um, you know, whole 30 in January, dry <laughs> February, whatever shenanigans people have on their mind, right? Yeah. It's that all or nothing thing is motivation, right? But inspiration, you can really tap into your inspiration, you know, and that means, you know, tapping in, you know, at your heart, what's driving you. When you start to think about why you want your health, right? And you and I have talked about it here a little bit, um, you know, being fully present, fully connecting to others. But, you know, I invite your listeners to actually take a moment to do a little time traveling exercise. And this is something I do with everyone, whether it's in a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, situation or in a group. Um, I'm going to invite you to do a five-year time traveling, so five years in the future, and start to imagine your health, your body, how you feel about your health and your body, how you relate to food, is it easy, how you relate to moving your body, all those different things. Start to imagine life as you intend it to occur. So the five-year future, and then tell that story in first-person present tense, right? So I'm 46. I would say I'm 51 years old, and my body is strong and beautiful, resilient, healthy, whatever it is I'd say, you know? And, and I'd also talk about what this allows for me, right? That What this makes possible for me in my life. And... I invite your listeners to really engage in that exercise, like, you know, set aside five minutes to do that exercise. And that's the launching point for what I call creating your vision of vitality. And your vision of vitality ultimately act, answers what is your intention for your health and your life and what does that make available? And, you know, it, it really goes to the heart of the truth, I believe, that we don't buy what we do, we buy why we do it. We don't buy what we do, we buy why we do it. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you think about, if anyone thinks about everything it takes for them to be an outstanding parent, or everything it takes for them to, you know, maybe you're working and you're a high performer at work, or if you think about what it took to get a degree, the things it took, often not super compelling, right? Not compelling to go sleepless nights to take care of your child, right? <laughs> not compelling to, um, you know, be stressed out about your finances to go through school or whatever the case may be, right? All the different things people do. So the what of it is not super exciting, but the why, Oh yeah, that why it didn't even matter. It never crossed anyone's mind to, you know, not wake up in the middle of the night to take care of their child, right? So, Absolutely. You know, this is just in your own this area of life tapping into your why. I know, and the why I think sometimes changes a little bit, wouldn't you think? Depending on 
this stage of, of your life. I do think that in my own, you know, personal story, there was probably when I was 18, my why was to, you know, look better in my clothes, which is, that was my why, which was okay. And now my why is being there for others, like staying healthy and free of, of disease, free of setbacks and free of, you know, anything that when I say setbacks, like just free of anything that could hold me back from practicing medicine to playing, you know, with my nieces and nephews, traveling, you know, with my husband. And so, but each individual has to come up with their own why. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really do believe, you know, as healthcare providers, if all of us could start to actually engage our patients in that simple question, why, why do you want your health? You know, and really do it in a way that, you know, sure, some people might come up with their knee-jerk reaction, but really encourage them to probe deeply into their why. Um, when we're aware of what that why is, the, act, the perspective begins to shift. Right, because in the moment, you know, pizza's delicious. Why not have five pizzas, right? <laughs> so it, it's, it changes the internal conversation, which then changes the choices, right? Because if it's, you know, me versus the pizza, eh, pizza's pretty good. Pizza might win, right? Yeah. Um, but if it's the pizza versus my commitment to be fully present with others and contribute, it doesn't stand a chance. I you love know? that. That I And I've really never heard anybody say it like that because I've heard some people say, you know, is this choice that I'm making getting between me and my destiny? And I, and I love that. That's something I actually have on a sticky note. Um, but what you're actually saying is, when you're just focusing on your why, yes, if if your why if you're looking at something that's really neutral, I mean, we could be talking about pizza, we could be talking about, you know, I mean, anything really, but it's it's a circumstance or it's it's a thing or it's just a, um, it's neutral. That's all neutral. So going back to the pizza scenario, um, pizza is neutral. And it's what we think about the pizza that then causes feelings inside of us and then leads to action. And that ultimately affects our body, whether it's mind or our, our physical health. And so you, you hit the nail on the head. I also want to circle back. I really liked that you mentioned about information. Because so often I'll hear, I know what I need to do, or I hear what you're saying, Dr. Sarah. And that word motivation, I love switching that to inspiration, like you said, because if I could come up with something, you know, being an MD, of course, Although I think I mentioned to you, I've always had a less is more. Even when my kids were growing up, 
my mother would say, you know, she was all about the medicine, you know, and she would say to me, you know, I know a good doctor, you know, you could give them medicine. And I'm like, they'll work through it. They'll work through it. Sometimes the best medicine is just good sleep and rest and water, you know, and fluids. And so, but there, but I will say, I've said it more than once that I wish that I could come up with a pill <laughs> or that, that caused you to be more motivated, but it really is more about inspiration because motivation is, is fleeting. Yes. Yes. Motivation is fleeting, but inspiration is, is enduring if it's cultivated, right? There's some areas of our life where we're more naturally tapped into inspiration, right? Like in caring for your children, stuff like that. Right. But in, you know, we all have our areas of our life that come more easily than others. Like that's okay. That what's, that's what makes us human beings. And, you know, in this area of health, the practice of getting clear on your why, you know, what your intended future looks like and why it's so important to you, and then staying present to it, like actually creating a ritual where you, you know, you read that every day. It becomes almost like your home base that you move from, you know, reading it at the beginning of your day so that it starts to frame the way you view your life. And, you know, how you shape your environment so that you are more aligned with your intention and how you pick yourself up if you fall down, right? In any endeavor that's challenging, you know, failure is going to come and, you know, it's okay, right? And by failure, meaning you're not going to fulfill on your intention sometimes. Sometimes you're going to make a mistake, it's like crossing the monkey bars, but you know, the best thing to do if you fall off the monkey bars is get up, wipe your hands off and get right back on. Yes. Right. And, and, and try and figure out why you fell, right. What didn't work. Right. Like you said, you know, were you so tired that you were two things physiologically speaking, your blood sugar was wonky because that is what happened when we happen and we don't get enough sleep. Right. And so we're going to crave, starchier, sweeter things in order to right the ship of our blood sugar. Was that why? Or, you know, maybe your friend brought over cookies and you left them on the counter and you know that environment just doesn't really serve you. And now you remember that. And so next time you're not going to leave them on the counter. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's a journey. It really is a learning learning process and you know getting connected to what inspires you about caring for your health and your body and staying connected to it is one thing. And then the other thing in that practice is cultivating compassion for yourself as you be human in your journey. Yes. And being patient. It's funny because, you know, and this is kind of where social media comes in a little bit. I try to teach others that if you're following I mean, I'm not against social media. I'm not saying that. But let's say you're following somebody and they just don't make you feel good. It could be for many reasons. But then I really try to suggest to them, you really shouldn't follow them. And I bring that up because, you know, well, I know if, you know, if somebody is like, I just ran 10 miles, then you start to go, that is so cool for them. And then you start thinking about, well, what is, what, what's wrong with me, you know? And so, or you might see somebody in 
um, you know, now it's like we used to watch, I'm much older than you, but we used to look at magazines and want to look like the models in the magazines, right? Now the kids are looking at, and, and parents too, are looking on social media and we're still creating that image of what we want to be. And that's, that's okay, you know, to, but I find that that middle area, you, it's so easy to get pulled one way or another. For example, yeah, when, uh, you know, you could be pulled in because you just heard about a friend who did like the whole 30 or keto and lost eight pounds last month, you know, and then you're like, man, maybe I should do that. Or you're pulled in the other direction where somebody's, you know, saying you're, you're out to dinner and someone's like, oh, you're going to, you're going to do that today, you know, and be like, and so it, that what I'm getting at, I think is we're all at different levels and we need to just remember that and focus on our why, not their why and celebrate each other too. I mean, I was really happy for my friend who lost the weight. I thought that's great. She feels good. That's what's important. But I think like you said, that middle area is that self-love where you, but it, you know, where you really accept and find that inspiration. But I also think you have to give yourself grace because it, it, that's a tough area to really live. I think, I personally think. Yeah, it, it, it is a journey. I mean, when I work with people, we work together, you know, some of it depends on, you know, sometimes I'll work with someone in their twenties and they've got less history. So they go work through it faster than those of us who are, you know, like a couple of generations beyond that. But, you know, for those who are, you know, anywhere, I'd say late thirties with a few decades of these shenanigans or older, right. It's going to take time. And I actually think of one year as one lap. It's okay. one lap of practice and you just keep lapping, you keep lapping and practicing. And why I think of one year as like beginner's practice is because in one year you are going to encounter celebrations and birthdays and vacations and going to your friend's house or your family's and all the different things that if you commit to a deprivation diet, like the whole 30 you can white knuckle it and be a pain in the butt to everyone for one month, <laughs> but at a certain point, that's going to break, right? So you get to learn in that first year, what is it to take living aligned with my intention for my health and my life on the road? It is one thing to live aligned with my intention for my health and my life on a Wednesday in September, and it's another thing to do that on vacation in Mexico, right? And so it's totally perfect that how you would express alignment in one place will be different than the other, but it it is, you know, it takes a little tapping into, okay, what is, what is aligned here? What is aligned on this, in this celebration, in this, on this vacation, on this date night, whatever it may be. Um, and you know, really that's, that's so much of this work is, you know, when I work with people, we do get a lot of information out of the gate, right. And by information, I mean, a lot of labs. So two things we can see, what are your, are we voting for your health and longevity or are we currently not right? In other words, is inflammation really high? 
is your, am I concerned about your heart health? Are you pre-diabetic or diabetic? Um, you know, all these different things are your liver enzymes elevated. Um, and if any of those are true, like, you know, time to get down to business because we, I want to vote with you for your longevity. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're at Vegas, I want to put all chips on long life. And, and so, you know, using that information, first of all, you know, guiding people through what it means so that they can actually understand for themselves versus kind of having some not real clear notion and then what we're going to do about it and then retesting so that people can see you know i'm thinking of a woman who we've been working together for about a year now and she's made progress and i know she's frustrated with herself for not having made the progress she thinks she should have made right lots of shits in there but um but we just redid her labs and i'm like look at I mean, I, I, I'm all for you, you know, I'm committed, you continue to elevate and you've made progress, right? We can see it in those numbers. I think what people need to realize is after that lap, after that year, they are different. They, they're, even though they don't feel different, they feel like it's, I'm, I'm in the same pattern. I'm still, I'm not where I want to be, but they have absolutely changed and oh yeah and i love that you show them that and and sometimes you know having there's oh it's always great to have data you know measurable data right but at the same time you know thinking about other things too that you know the wins that and and how they're different and and helping them realize that i also liked what you said something about information doesn't really cause change per se it's action so how can we help people get into action and i know you yeah. mentioned inspiration but um but we do need to identify effective action right, right. you know because ultimately that's all we care about right there are a gajillion you know fad diets out there and oh, yeah. you know you know workouts that will land you with a, you know, very sore back pretty quickly, <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, all we always want to remember that, like, we're looking for effective actions are actions that move you towards your intention, period. Okay, right? say that again. Would, oh, sorry. Effective actions are actions that will move you towards your intention, right? Mm -hmm. And then I would layer on top of that, effective actions are actions you can sustain. Yes. So if it's not a sustainable action, it's not a sustainable solution, right? When people come to me and they'll say, well, what do you think about intermittent fasting? I, I, I tell them, okay, first of all, for what? Like, what's the outcome we're looking for? Yeah. Here? What's your why? Right? Yeah, Basically yeah. in that, well, you yeah. could ask why in everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, my next thought process is, okay, would that, do I believe, produce that outcome they're looking for. And then my next question is to that person, do you think you could do that forever? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, could you intermittent fast forever? Would it feel like deprivation? And if people say, no, I couldn't do it forever, then to me, it's not a solution. Correct. It's really not. So, you know, it, it's gotta be a sustainable solution. Otherwise the outcomes are not sustainable. 
And and that's where we get to that um, all or nothing mentality because it, it's it's not if you can't sustain it if you can't live like that. I've said to many people, all diets work. I mean, they really do if you do it. But the question is, can you can you live like that? And and should you in some situations, um, and in some diets, there that alone will cause. And, you know, um, there's scientific evidence that some, some things, certain fad diets actually lead to other problems. And we won't go into detail because that's, we could probably talk a whole podcast just on that, but I think sustainability is the key. And because, and that's, again, when you think about the whole family unit, we have to think about their What's their life like? What is, and everybody's so individual. And so working with, with yourself, for example, with um, a doctor like you, I'm sure that you also look at, you know, what their lifestyle is like. Because when I think even specifically about intermittent fasting, someone might say, no, I couldn't do it because it's too much deprivation. But they also could say, I can't do it because of my work schedule or, I'm, you know, my family needs or, you know, and so on. Um, or maybe even a medical problem, like if they're hypoglycemic or something like that. So it's not a one size fits all, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, to circle back and, and speak a little bit more to like, you know, how how do we help people take new and effective actions, you know, one is determining what is the effective action for that person. But, you know, I would guess most people can think of a thing or two that might make a difference, right? Um, I could eat more colorful, non-starchy vegetables, for example. I could drink less alcohol, for example. I could lower the amount of sweets I'm having, you know, whatever it might be, whatever and, um, you know, whatever it is people are focusing on, areas they could elevate, I would, first of all, just invite them to choose one and then answer the question for themselves, what's the best game I could play today in this area? What is the best game I could play today? And then next tomorrow, wake up and ask yourself, What's the best game I could play today? And then it can be even become a right now question, right? On a Friday night at a holiday gathering, if you're being mindful, if you're, you're working on taking your, I call it your alcohol ceiling, right? The maximum number of drinks you have in one night. One night. Let's say at a holiday gathering, it might end up at six or seven, right? Some people that's, you know, there are a lot of people who they just get caught up in the moment and all of a sudden, oh my goodness, right? And so if that sounds familiar to anyone, it might be in that moment, okay, what's a better game, right? Not complete abstention, right? So maybe it's, going to be, maybe you start with a strategy, something like, okay, I'm going to have a sparkling water between every drink I have. Okay. Maybe that's your strategy or, or for some people, maybe the place to start is actually just gathering facts. Like how many drinks am I really having per night per week? You know, it's, it's, that can be really eye opening when people start to just kindly confront the truth. Like, Oh, 
wow, just I just didn't know. Right. I thought it was this, and it's actually that, right? Yes. No problem. Now you can start to look at what a better game would be. Not perfect, just better. Yes. I like that. I like that. I, I, I do a lot of teaching, and I tell um, my um, – students for lack of a better term, but I tell the, the healthcare providers that I work with, um, that practice makes better. You know, we're not, again, we're not looking for perfection. We just want to tweak and find more effective ways so that we do ultimately reach those intentions that you brought up earlier. Um, And setting some intentions for the day, I think is a wonderful way. And setting the intention and the game. I love, I love, you know, voting for yourself and the game. I love the language that you use. I'm I'm definitely going to steal some of that when I'm talking to my patients. (laughs) Um, I think it's so important because it then you know, we always say, oh, I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm mindful or I feel like I'm doing everything, but then really collecting some data first before diving in. What do you tell people when they, they have a family and they know they need to make the changes and they can't really tell others what to do specifically? I mean, parents, it's one thing, but even with a parent, I always say you can't make a child eat, sleep, or poop, right? So it's it's easy, you know, it's not easy to to get even the kids, you know, parents that have kids that just want to sit and watch videos all day, you know, if they're making changes in their life, what do you tell them in regards to others? Because trying to force others to make all the changes you make can can lead to some frustration and potentially um, even giving up on yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do see it as a bit of, you know, like put your own oxygen mask on first, mm-hmm. right? And so within, you know, the construct of a family, focusing on, you know, cultivating new habits so that you can show up as your best self and, 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 you know, in service of feeling your best and, and, and being able to vote for your longevity and your vitality. Uh, and really key, as difficult as that may be, because, you know, you love the people in your family so much and you want health and vitality for them as well. Um, you know, I, I encourage people to play the long game, right? Just focusing on, what's going to make a difference for you and, you know, inviting questions, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even just simply sharing. I, I feel so much better, you know, and I do really encourage people to, I I was talking to um, someone the other day who's made some really great shifts and as a result, she's lost about 15 pounds. And we, in the course of our conversation, she, what she said, which I, you know, I think it's true for all of us. She's like, you know what it's really about though? I feel great. Yeah. I feel great. And so, um, you know, really speaking that truth, right. This is what this is for. I feel great. And I, I want you to feel great. And, you know, you can make things available if you're, you know, in charge of planning what foods in the house, 
you can look at what are some elevated options that that your family might enjoy and they might not even notice that you're mm-hmm. swapping. Yeah. Uh, things like I'm a big fan of the bean pasta swap. Uh, my claim to bean pasta fame is that I made it for my five and seven year old nephews and they didn't even notice. Absolutely. So good. Yes. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I can remember making a really healthier version or more nutrient dense version of a chili. And I remember my one son was eating it, eating it, eating it. And he's like, this is so good. He's like, what's in it? And I'm like, I don't know if I want to tell you. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it had like lima beans in it and things like that. <laughs> but I, your comment is so true. I think too, don't feel like you have to change your whole family. It, it's a lap with them as well. And living um, by example and if they see that you're feeling better and that they're seeing changes in you, just being a good role model and example, they're going to come around. But I think that it it's an unrealistic expectation to think, okay, everybody, we're all going to eat like this now. We're all going to, to live like this now. Start with yourself. Like you said, that oxygen mask. I think that's really important. And we forget about that because we're caregivers, right? We want to take care of our family. We know these changes would be good for them, but if they see it in you, they're going to, they're going to get on board for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I believe that you and I, Dr. H could talk all day about this. I think because we both have so much passion about it because it really does come down to just feeling good and having energy and living life to the fullest, right? Anything you would like to say before we wrap up? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's something that you pointed to at the beginning of our conversation, Dr. Sarah, and that is, um, you know, for your listeners out there, I really do encourage you don't wait for January 1st or 2nd, right? Um, be in the inquiry for yourself, for yourself, with yourself, this holiday season of what's the best choice I can make right now. Not perfect, just best. And, you know, another question that you might ponder is what would leave me feeling proud of myself? You know, I I was talking to someone the other day who was getting ready for um, a big celebration and, and for her, Um, you know, she's working on reducing her alcohol consumption. And I said, you know, what would, you know, when you wake up Saturday morning, what will have you feel proud of yourself for what you did on Friday? And she thought about it and, uh, and she came up with her truth. Great. Great. So, and then we came up with some strategies, right? So coming up with your truth and then starting to think about how am I, how am I going to do that? There, you know, people are so creative. They come up with the coolest solutions to things. I know. I learn from my patients and uh, every day, which is is part of the joy that I have in my practice. But this time with you has been truly a joy. And I know I'm walking away learning a lot. I'd love for you to be able to share, finally, how would someone get a hold of you if they felt inspired to yeah. 
consider working with you because I truly am getting goosebumps. I believe that um, your practice is really what each individual needs right now. We need, you know, less medicine. Most of people, like you said, are educated and have the information, but it's individual and it's just time to take action. So if they wanted to learn more, how, how can they do that? They can learn more at www.wellempowered.com. So wellempowered.com is my website where uh, any of your listeners are free to schedule a complimentary 30-minute Zoom consultation to explore working together one-on-one or participating in a course. I will be launching a course in 2023 on Middle Ground Mastery. Um, and as a thank you to you and your community, um, please be sure, you know, anyone who does, you know, join me for, for anything, please let me know because you will get 10% off. Oh, thank you. That is so gracious of you. And and I'll, um, the uh, Dr. H's information is also in the show notes. And I just want to thank you again for taking time. We're, we're all busy and especially this holiday season, but I truly believe that we can find ourselves on January 1st better than we find ourselves on December 1st. And if that's the one thing that you're voting for, if that's your game, I, I think that's a, a good one. Thank you so much, Dr. Sarah. It's been such a treat to be with you and your community. And uh, thank you for the work that you're doing and the way you are uniquely contributing to this world. And thank you everyone for listening. And don't forget to follow me and subscribe wherever you listen to your shows, such as Spotify or Apple Podcast. And like I always say, let's grow up together. <laughs>